We'll be in Psalm 119. Um, I hope that you'll join me there. And, and the challenge, I believe, is, is practical and helpful for everybody here this evening, but I did purposefully gear it towards you, our graduates. If you think through all of the messages, the Bible study group lessons, you think through all the things that you have experienced around the Word of God in your years at CCY, it's hard to summarize all of them. Uh, but as I was preparing tonight, my heart was drawn to Psalm 119 because I believe it, it, it contains for us a challenge that will carry you long beyond the hallways of high school, long beyond your time here at CCY. And that is Psalm 119, verses 9 through 11. It says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. And so as we dig into this passage a little bit tonight, I just have two questions and, and we'll try to be brief, but these two questions really help us facilitate a little deeper digging into what is the psalmist presenting to us tonight in Psalm 119. And so the first question is, why do we even need God's word? And of course, being here at church, maybe we don't have to ask that question, but I think it's helpful to ask. And the first answer that I put to that question is, well, first of all, because we are broken. In verse 9, it says, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? It, it gives this insinuation that there's something dirty, there's something that needs cleaning. And so as we think about that, then the answer is, of course, that we are all broken. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Psalm 51, 5 says, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. So we understand this. We understand that we are sinner from, a sinner from the time that we were born. We understand that we have a sinful nature. Well, because we have a sinful nature, therefore we need the word of God. God's word is what helps us to see our need of cleansing because of the sin that is in our life. But not only that, I also find that we, have, we are not only broken, but we have a bend. A bend. What do I mean by a bend? Or you could say a bent, I guess. I don't know what the English is here. But because of our sin nature that we are born into, we are always naturally bent towards sin. We're always bent towards sin. Romans 5.12 says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. And these are no new truths, but they're helpful as we consider why do I need the word of God? Well, certainly because I'm always bent towards sin. You know, as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about this phrase of being bent towards sin, and it drew me back to a few years ago when Pastor Redland joined us for an overnight retreat, and our graduates will remember this retreat. And he took a pen out of his pocket, and he said, when, when, in reference to our sin, if I take this pen and I, and I lean it to the right, it will always fall to the right when I let go of it. And I've always remembered that illustration, but I also was thinking about this, this perspective, this I am bent towards sin. I'm always going to fall towards sin. That's my human nature. That's what I'm born into. And I was drawn to uh, the many years I spent in the mountains of North Carolina, and many, many summers, I, I five summers in a row, actually. I worked it, at a camp in the, in the mountains of North Carolina, and almost, uh, I don't know, every other weekend, me and my friends would go hiking to waterfalls. So I, I went to dozens of waterfalls through the years. And you know, I never went to a waterfall and saw the water falling upwards. Because water always falls downhill. It always goes to the lowest point. And in the same way, we will always, left to ourselves, we will always fall downhill, so to speak. We will always fall towards sin. So why do I need the word of God? Because without the word of God, I will continue to fall towards sin. I need the word of God in my life. Not only do we have uh, this sense of we are broken and, and we have this bent towards sin, but also we find in the passage that we have 
and easiness towards distraction. What do I mean? Well, look at verse number 10. It says, with my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. That, that word wander, to wander away, to, to become distracted. Certainly, as we think about that, maybe our hearts are drawn to another passage as mine was. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which, so, which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before us endured the cross despising the shame and is set down on the right hand of the throne of God. You see, sometimes it's not just sin that is distracting us. Sometimes it's these, these weights that, that, that we have to set to the side, the weights of, of distractions in life that aren't necessarily evil, but they're not helping us keep our eyes on Jesus. And sometimes it's not necessarily sin. It, it's, it's something else. It's, it's something in our culture that's, that's gaining our attention. For example, you know, our phones are such a prevalent part of our life, and, and certainly they're not evil, but can they keep us from, from focusing on our Savior the way that we desire to focus on Him? Or, or maybe sports. I love sports, and uh, I was joking with one of our graduates the other day I, I, about the, the fact that I use sports illustrations all the time. And I said, I hope it wasn't offensive. I, I enjoy sports. They're, they're a part of my life, and I play sports regularly, and therefore it comes out in my preaching sometimes in my illustrations. Are sports evil? Well, of course not. And I think you can learn a lot of good character lessons through, through the game of, of sports. But can sports take our attention away from our Savior if we're not careful? And the list could go on of so many things in this life that aren't evil, but if misplaced, can draw our attention away from Jesus Christ. I was, I was thinking about this, and, and uh, my, my mind was, was taken to the idea that, that many times there are uh, things that pull our attention when we should have our attention on one singular location. And for example, the, the thought that I had was um, one time when I was a, a landscaper uh, years ago when I was uh, working a summer job trying to make some money cutting grass, uh, my employer uh, taught me that if I wanted to keep from falling into the ditch when I was cutting the grass, to keep my focus on where I was going, right? And so we always navigate away from the ditch because if you go in the ditch, you get stuck. And uh, one day, I think it was three, four weeks into the summer, uh, one of my colleagues, it was not me, uh, my brother and I actually worked together. And um, when this happened, we pulled out our flip phones and started taking pictures, you know, because that's what you do when your colleague messes up. But my, uh, my friend, I think I should call him my friend, my friend was, was driving a, a lawnmower, you know, a Z-Track, a, a, a zero-turn lawnmower, and he's driving it beside this steep embankment, and then there's a big ditch, and there's a good two or three-foot drop into the ditch, and there was some water in the ditch. And he's driving along, and he's paying attention, and, and it's right on the side of this main highway. And and, and this big F-250, you know, six-inch lift, you know, big truck drives by and just revs the engine. And, and he takes his eyes from the ditch and looks at the truck, and he's watching the truck, and he's just, he keeps going, and he's watching the truck. And, of course, what happens when, you're, when your eyes go from the target? Well, you, you start to be misled. And, and, and then once it starts, it's the funniest thing, really. You know, once the, the, the tractor starts going, you know, there's no return. And so he goes straight into this big puddle, and... He's two or three feet off of the bank, and we're laughing. We think it's hilarious, and he's mad. And, uh, you know, what happened? Well, he let something distract him from what he needed to be paying attention to. And I think sometimes in our spiritual life, it's really easy for us to get our eyes on something that's not evil, but it, it's not our Savior. 
And so the psalmist is reminding us that we need the word of God because not only do we have a a brokenness that we are born in and and a bent towards sin because of that brokenness, but we also often have these distractions that, that help us to wander off the path that we should be on. Well, so we answered the question, why do we need God's word? Then let's quickly answer the second question, which is what should we do with God's word? Okay, I need God's word. I need it in my life. So what do I do with it? How do I use the word of God? Okay, so here's four thoughts for you that we find right here in the scripture. First of all, we should seek it. It says, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. We should seek the word of God. Maybe, maybe some of you here tonight, that's, that is not a part of your daily routine. Maybe you've never made seeking the word of God a part of your life. And so I'd encourage you to, to, to start tonight. What we find in this verse is that the psalmist is saying to us that we should be seeking the Lord, not just seeking, some of you, maybe you need to start seeking the Lord, but all of us have to ask ourselves this question that the, the psalmist is saying, he's saying, I'm seeking the Lord with my whole heart. So ask yourself the question, am I seeking the Lord with my whole heart, with all that is within me? Am I seeking after the things of the Lord? I remember one night in college, uh, we, were, we were checking in uh, with, our, with our room checklist and such with our resident manager. I was a resident assistant, and uh, back then we were called floor leaders. So I'm a resident assistant. I'm coming down. I'm, I'm giving my report, and my resident manager is playing with his wedding ring. And he's taking it, he took it off his finger, and he's, he's spinning it on the desk, and he's playing with his wedding ring and, and uh, his wedding band. And, and we're talking, and there's a bunch of us, and next thing you know, we're, we're just you know, having a good time because that's what happens late at night. <laughs> And, and then all of a sudden, my resident manager, I'm going to keep his name nameless on purpose, but my resident manager goes, guys, I can't find my wedding band. You know, he's, he's kind of panicking, like all of us would, right? And uh, so we start, we start searching, and we're searching. I mean, we are, we are moving the couch, we're picking up all the cushions, uh, we're pulling things off the shelf. Like, I don't know how it would have ever ended up on a shelf, but we're pulling things off a shelf. Two hours later, I mean, it was forever, it seemed like all night, it was, it was about two hours later, uh, one of the other guys, it wasn't me, unfortunately, because the prize was like $25. It was going up every 10 minutes, you know. $25 in college was a lot of money, okay? So he, uh, one of the other guys found his ring, and, you know, there's great rejoicing. And as I think about this, this word, seek after the word of God, I, with my whole heart have I sought thee. I, I have this picture of us desperately searching through this room to find this ring. I wonder if we have the same zealousness about searching the word of God. Not only should we seek it, but we should also focus on it, keep our focus on it. I mentioned this a moment ago in verse 10 when it says, oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Keeping our eyes on Jesus, don't let your focus drift away from the principles of God's word. Later, later that same summer, uh, we were training a new guy, and so our boss came in and he said, all of you could use a good refresher. <laughs> uh, and he's looking at this one guy that fell in the ditch earlier in the summer. He said, you know, one of the things that we like to do here at our landscaping company is we like to, to stripe a field in a very straight and organized fashion. And so what I want you to learn to do over the next few weeks is I want you to learn to, to drive in a straight line. And to do that, you need to pick a singular location at the other side of the field and drive directly towards it. Do not take your eyes off of it. And I've never forgotten that, that illustration because the, the idea in the Christian life is that sometimes the journey is difficult and our eyes get drawn in all kinds of different directions and then our path is not directly towards our Savior. So put your eyes on Jesus. 
we need our focus to be on the word of God so that we are not wandering off the path that he has for us. How do I know? How do I know the direction that God is leading me? How do I know what God wants me to do with my life? Graduates, you're, you're asking these questions. You're saying, okay, I think God wants me to study this, and I'm going to go to this college, and then what am I going to do? And, and we start asking these questions, where to go, and, and how do I know what's next? Keep your focus on Jesus. Dig into his word, and as you focus on his word and you focus on your Savior, he will guide you every step of the way. He will provide the, the information necessary for you to make that next decision. Okay, so we found, first of all, we need to seek it. Secondly, we should focus on it. Third, what we find in this passage is that we should memorize and meditate the word of God. Memorize and meditate the word of God. It says, verse 11, thy word have I hid in mine heart. It's the word of God that protects us from sin. Think back to Jesus in the wilderness. When the devil comes to Jesus, what does, what does Jesus use to defeat the devil? Great power? Well, Sort of, yes, because the word of God is powerful. He uses the word of God. He quotes scripture to the devil. Well, so how are you and I going to say no to temptation? How are we going to defeat sin in our life? With the word of God. So memorize the word of God. Memorize the word of God. Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Take the time to hide the truths of Scripture away in the depths of your heart. And then, graduates, protect some quiet time to think about those truths of Scripture. Let your heart meditate, think on, soak in the truths of what you've been studying in the Word of God. Take time alone with the Lord. Let the Word of God change the way you think. Romans chapter 12. Okay, one last thought and we'll be done. But it is a lengthy one, so we tried to hurry to get here. The last one is found in verse one. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. Then, then we see it again in verse 10. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Verse 11, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. What is the same thing that we see in all three verses? Well, the truth that we have to learn to live by the word of God. Not just know the word of God, not just hear the word of God, but to live by the word of God. If we go back to Joshua 1.8, it said, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. And then such a critical phrase, it says, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. That you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. It reminds me of something we learned in our series in James. This year, the youth group has, has studied through the whole book of James this year. And one of the things that we looked at early in the year was James 1, through 25 that says, but be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if, a, uh, if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. I'm sure that you all remember studying through that if you were part of our youth group. But this is a powerful truth as we consider the word of God in our life. As we, we consider what do I do with the word of God? Well, I, I implement it into the way I live. I begin to, to use it in my everyday life. Remember the phrase that we have said so often in youth group, a belief not practiced is not a belief at all. 
If we say, I believe what the Bible says, then are we living what the Bible says? Are we implementing it into the way we live our lives? It should infiltrate our heart to the point that it begins to to surface in the way that we live. You see, we have to live by the word of God. We cannot simply know what the word of God says. We have to change the way we live to reflect the things that we read in scripture. I'll close with this illustration. When I was in high school, one of my one of my buddies went off uh, into the military. Between his junior and senior year, he did his boot camp for the, for the army. He was, uh, he was in the infantry. He was on the, uh, one of the boots on the ground, as he said. And I'll never forget when he came back right before our senior year, we're doing conditioning for football, and, and he was just a different guy. He was a totally different man. After being in 12 weeks of boot camp uh, through the summer, uh, he came back, he was a different guy. He was a lot stronger. Uh, he had a way different haircut. <laughs> But he also had a different, different demeanor. He had a different way about the way he did things. And some of, some of my buddies would pick on him and, and kind of make fun of him for his extra high levels of discipline. And I remember one day he kind of had enough and, and one of the guys was teasing him at the water cooler in between, in between uh, conditioning exercises. And he said something that I've, has always kind of been in the back of my mind. And he said this, I live by a new code of conduct so that in battle, I don't die. And as a high schooler, I thought, that's pretty deep stuff for a high schooler to say. And the reality was, as a 18, well, he's almost 19 years old, he had already tasted of the reality that he would face death head on. As an infantry member, as, as a man that would, would be at the front of the heat of the battle, he understood that there were things that he had to do that his men, his commanders, his commanding officers had trained him to do so that under duress he would operate under that code of conduct and it would preserve his life. You know, I think about tonight, you have, as a graduate of CCY, you have sat under the preaching of God's word for many years. A, a code of conduct, per se. Where God is saying, this is the way you should live. These are the things that you should live by in his word. What are we looking at in Psalm 119? He's saying, in my word, there's a way by which I'm telling you to live. And I'm telling it to you so that you can be successful. So that you can preserve your spiritual life. And so tonight, I wonder if you're going to live by that code of conduct. As if your life depended upon it. And if that's the case, then in conclusion, I wonder if you will see the word of God as the most important thing in your life. Will you choose to make it a daily part of your routine? Will you seek it, focus on it, memorize and meditate it, and most importantly, live by it? Because if you will, then Joshua 1.8 promises us that we will be successful spiritually. You see, graduate, you and all the rest of us here tonight, we can be successful, but only when we live by the truths of his word.